I read a tweet yesterday that said I already won the lottery. I was born in the U.S. of A. Isn't that good? Amen? <clears throat> Praise God. All right. A couple of weeks ago, we went to camp, and anytime I'm in church and I'm not preaching, I always have a notebook with me, and I always take notes. And uh, to me, it's just important to take notes. Uh, every time I'm in a service, God always speaks to me, and I want to have the ability to write it down. And so anytime I'm in a service, doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, I have a notebook. Well, we're at camp, <clears throat> and camp is kind of crazy, and so I didn't have a notebook with me. I thought, well, I don't want to take my notebook. One of the most valuable things in my life is my notebook, and I have more than one notebook, but I don't want to lose my notebook. So I thought, well, I'm not going to take it with me into the service because I don't want to lose it, and I've lost notebooks before, and so I didn't take it with me. So we got in the service, and uh, Miss Rachel, uh, Brother Tommy and Miss Rachel, they're the founders of the camp, she was preaching. Well, as she began to preach, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And as she was sharing some things, he began to speak to me. And I don't have a notebook. And I look, I'm sitting in a chair in an aisle. And I look in front of me and on the floor, uh, somebody had left a a little yellow notebook just for me. Okay, the Holy Spirit knew that I didn't have anything to write on. And so right in front of me was a little yellow notebook. Excuse me. So I picked up that notebook. And uh, then I began to scour among the crowd for an ink pen. Now, remember, we're with kids, and so kids don't have anything to write on, and they don't have anything to write with. Now, but I began to look around, and I got something to write. And I wrote down uh, this statement. The person that was ministering said this statement, and uh, I wrote it down. I came home, and I took this statement, and I began to meditate on it. And I began to look up Scripture, and I began to think on it and ponder on it. Listen, your life will be changed spiritually if you'll write down something, take it home that week, or re-listen to the podcast uh, during the week, and you'll meditate on what was said. That's exactly what I did. Now, let me tell you something. I, so far, I've had an incredible summer. I have had an incredible summer spiritually. My devotional time has been good. You know, Greg mentioned it jokingly before the service. You know, God doesn't take a vacation from me in the summer, and so I'm not taking a vacation from him in the summer. So I've had an incredible devotional time. I've had an incredible time spiritually. And I begin to meditate on this phrase, and here's what it was. Here's what this person said. They said, the Bible can be described in two words. Well, that instantly piqued my interest, okay? There's a lot to the Bible. There's a lot in the Bible. And when this person said the Bible can be described or the Bible can be understood in two words, well, I wanted to know what that was. And here's what those two words are. They said the Bible is described in two words, do and done. Now, this week I was with a young man. Just yesterday, one of my neighbors came by the house, a young man, and uh, he attends church in Amarillo. And I know who his pastor is, and his pastor is a good man of God. And I, with this young man and I went to Sonic, and uh, on the way I said, hey, what's your pastor been preaching on? And he said what most people say when I ask them what's their pastor been preaching on. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. All right, so here's what we're going to do this morning. When you leave this service, if you don't remember anything, here's what I want you to remember. The Bible can be described in two words, do and done. Okay, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the Old Testament is do. The New Testament is done. God delivers the children of Israel out of 400 years of slavery under the bondage of the Egyptians. They've been in slavery 
for 400 years, twice as long as the United States of America has existed. Imagine if all we've ever known is slavery. All your grandparents ever knew, all your parents ever knew, all your children ever knew, all your grandchildren ever knew. Imagine if Vicki and I, all we've ever known is slavery, all our children have ever known is slavery, and all Annie will ever know is slavery. They've been in slavery for 400 years. God supernaturally delivers them. It's the most important story in the Old Testament. God delivers the nation of Israel out of bondage. They go out into the desert. When they go out into the desert, they meet with God. Moses goes up on top of Mount Sinai. And of course, we remember that's where he gets the Ten Commandments. He comes down with the law of God. Then in Deuteronomy, he he shares with the people, let me tell you what you can do to be blessed by God. Then let me tell you what if you don't do, you won't be blessed by God. And that's what I want to read to you this morning. I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now, don't miss this. All right? The Old Testament can be described in one word, and it's do. Here's what God said in the Old Testament. If you do what I say, I will bless you. If you do not do what I say, I'm going to curse you. The one word that describes the Old Testament is do. Let me read it to you. Deuteronomy 28, starting with verse 1. This is a list of the blessings, and you're going to like these. Now, I'm reading to you out of King James. We're going old school this morning. Not new King James, King James, all right? So let me begin in verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do. Everybody say do. Say it again. Say do. All right. What did I just read to you? If you'll listen to me and what? Do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Stop right there. Now, if you'll allow me to, I want to add one more word. Well, Pastor, you said it was two words. Well, I know, but I'm, I lied. I'm going to give you three. Okay, here, here's the Old Testament. Do all. You got to do all of it. All right, let me read it to you one more time, and let me read you the blessings. He says, if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, not part of them, which I command you this day, the Lord thy God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now, let me just read you the list. You're going to like this. And all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, that's your children, and the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. Now, you may say, hey, Pastor, I don't have any of that. Yeah, but you've got a job or you may have a business, and so you could put that under it. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket, your bank account, and your store or storehouse. Verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. You may say, Pastor, I don't have any enemies. Okay, you have one major enemy, and his name's Lucifer. Okay, so that promise is, is when the enemy comes against you one way, God will cause him to flee seven ways. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessings upon you. God, don't you love that? He's commanding, blessings, get over there on Rusty. That's what command means, right? It doesn't mean go over there if you want to, right? No, he commands, don't you love that? Y'all wake up now, come on, 
All right, I'm going to command the blessings upon you in your storehouse. That's my bank account. Listen, my storehouse and my bank account are blessed. You know why? Because God goes over to Wells Fargo, and he goes up to my account, and he says, account, be blessed. That's what it says. Okay, all right, let me keep reading. Okay, it says, I'm going to command. <laughs> Y'all are like, Pastor. <laughs> And in all that you set your hand to, and he'll bless you in the land which the Lord thy God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he has sworn unto you. If you keep his commandments and walk in his ways. Verse 10. And all the people of the earth will see that you're blessed by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. Now let me stop right there. It goes on for several more verses. Here's what I want you to see. How do you describe the Old Testament in one word? Do. God says, if you do everything I ask you to do, if you keep my commandments, I'm going to bless you. That's the good news. Now let's get to the bad news. All right, let me drop down to Deuteronomy 28, 15. Deuteronomy 28, 15 says that if you don't do what I say, I'm going to curse you. All right, let me read it. You ready? But it shall come to pass, if you'll not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe to do his commandments and the statutes which I've commanded you, that all these curses will come on you and they'll all overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed in the basket. Your bank account will be cursed. Your business will be cursed. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your land, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. You'll be cursed when you come in. You'll be cursed when you go out. Uh, the Lord will send upon you cursing, Vexation, rebuke. Whoa. Uh, I've been teaching this at Life Group on Wednesday, and somebody said, okay, that's enough. My gosh. Okay, but let me keep reading. Until you're destroyed, until you perish because of the wicked things you've done. Now, my gosh, Pastor, where are you going with this? Okay, you can describe the Bible in two words. The first is the Old Testament is due. The New Testament is done. I want to read you one more verse. I want to read to you James chapter 2, verse 10, okay? James chapter 2, verse 10. Okay, pastor, I understand what that means. I've got to do my best, try to behave, try to do right, try to keep the rules the best I can, and if I keep them as good as I can, God's going to bless me. Well, I got real bad news. You have to keep them perfectly, all right? Listen to what it says in James 2, 10. For the person who keeps all the law except one is guilty as the person who breaks them all. So if you break one of God's commandments, you're guilty of all of God's commandments. Aren't you glad I'm not going to dismiss right here? Let's go celebrate the fourth. <laughs> We're all cursed. Amen? All right, I'm trying to set this up for you as bad as I can. <clears throat> they were, really, I am. They were told if you don't keep the if you keep the rules you'll be blessed if you don't keep the rules you'll be cursed. All right, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter three. But before I read that, let me explain something to you. The New Testament is described in one word, and it's done. Now let me explain to you as we move into this what I want you to see this morning. Have you ever had anybody tell you, or maybe you have even thought this yourself? Somebody you know that's a good family, they're good people, they're good Christians as far as you know. You may not know everything about their personal life, but as far as you know, they're good people. And something bad or tragic or catastrophic happens to them. And have you ever had anybody tell you or maybe you have thought to yourself, I wonder what they did. 
I wonder what they did that made this happen to them. I wonder what they did to make God mad that this happened to them. If you've ever heard anybody say that or you've ever thought that, you are living in the old covenant. Are you with me? Let me give you another example. Uh, Larry Hendricks gets uh, a quarter inch of rain at his place and I get an inch at my place. And I see him and I say, hey, how much, did you get any rain? Yeah, about a quarter. How much did you get? Oh, I got an inch. I guess I must be living right. Now, we say that jokingly, don't we? You've heard that. That's why you're laughing. We've, we've say that to each other, right? Oh, I get, uh, man, you know, man, they've had rain at the Birkenfeld place. You know, man, they live right. Okay, right? Okay. If you've ever heard that or you've ever said it or you've ever thought it, you're living under the old covenant. You're living under a covenant that you are not a part of. You're living under a covenant that you don't belong in. You're living under a covenant that's been done away with. Now, in the Old Testament, it's do. If you do what I say, I'll bless you. If you don't do what I say, I'll curse you. The New Testament is done. Galatians 3.13, I want to read it to you. Listen to what this says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I just read you the curse, did I not? Okay, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, I'm going to explain that verse to you. I want you to see some things in it, but let me say this. That one verse is one of the main verses in the New Testament that changed Vicky and I's Christianity. It changed our walk with God. Are you with me? It helped us move out of doing something to please God and moving into the New Testament where Jesus has done it already and my life already pleases God. Are you with me? Okay, now listen to what it says. It says, Christ has redeemed. The word redeem means to purchase or to buy. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your curse. Listen, what did I say? I said, Vicki, if you're gonna keep the rules, you have to keep them perfectly. We all know we can't keep the rules perfectly, but there was a perfect man named Jesus and he lived a perfect life. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect offering. He was the perfect priest. He was the perfect sacrifice. He died the perfect death. He was raised from the dead perfectly. He paid the price for me. And now I don't live by do's and don'ts anymore. I don't live by law. I don't live by trying to do. I live by faith and the promises belong to me. And I don't get the curse, but I get the blessing. I get my cake and I get to eat it too. Amen. Amen. Now listen to it. Christ has redeemed or purchased or bought me from the curse. The curse isn't on me. Listen, I'm not cursed and you're not cursed. You never will be cursed. If you know Jesus is your savior, the curse was paid for by the perfect lamb sacrifice of Jesus and I'm out from under that curse. It's not on me and it never will be. Then it says, having become a curse for us, Jesus was cursed in your place. You see, I deserve to be cursed, but I'm not cursed because Jesus took my curse. It says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, and that's talking about Jesus dying on the cross. The cross was a tree. It was made of wood, and he was cursed because he hung on the tree. Then it says, cursed 
is everyone who hangs on a tree. Then the next verse says that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. All right, now listen to me. Don't miss this. This is so good. Okay, I'm not under a curse. Jesus took my curse. He took your curse. The curse doesn't belong to you. Listen to me. New Testament Christianity is not based on obedience. It's not based on performance. It's not based on doing. It's based on faith. When I was a 12-year-old boy sitting on the couch in the living room of my mom and dad's house at 2722 Nebraska, and I said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior, I stepped out of darkness into the light. My curse was paid for by Jesus Christ, and now I qualify for the blessings. I don't qualify because of anything I've done. I qualify because of what Jesus has done. Are you, are you with me? Okay, it says that he took the curse upon himself. What happened when that curse was taken on him? It was taken off me. Remember when I did the lamb? Remember a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago? My sin was transferred to the lamb and the lamb's righteousness was transferred to me. So the blessings belong to me. Now, I wanna go back and I just wanna read it to you. Okay, you, if you know Jesus is your savior this morning, how many of you know you know Jesus is your savior? Okay, this belongs to you. How do you qualify for it? You qualify for it by knowing Jesus as your Savior. Listen to what it says. It says, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. If you listen to the voice of the Lord, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed. The fruit of your body, your kids, your grandkids, the fruit of your ground, your cattle, your kind, the flocks. You'll be blessed in the basket in the store. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come against you one way and flee before you seven. The Old Testament's due. The New Testament's done. You see, it's been done. It's been paid for. Roland, you get it. It all belongs to you. And all you got to do is say, Lord, thank you. It's mine. Amen? All right. Now, I'm almost out of time, but I want to go to another verse. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. The Old Testament is due, the New Testament is done. Listen, it's been done. Listen, listen to this in Hebrews 7, 27. This is the New Living Translation. Unlike those other high priests, talking about the, old, the priests in the Old Covenant, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. This is talking about Jesus. Remember when I did the lamb? They offered those sacrifices every day. But Jesus was offered for you once, correct? Listen to what it says. <clears throat> they did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But, don't you like that? All right, let me back up and try it again. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But, all right, let me back up and try it again. They did this for their own sins and then for the sins of the people. But, Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for your sins. Hebrews says the sacrifice for your sin was paid by Jesus once and for all. All right, now I got one more verse, okay? Hebrews 8, 12, and 13. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I, don't even, I can't even read you this. It's too good. When I was a kid in Bible school, they would say, we hope you have your shouting clothes on. Okay, that's what, this is a shouting clothes verse right here. Are you ready for this? God says this. God says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sin. I will forgive their wickedness and I will never 
again remember your sins. When was the price paid for your sin? 2,000 years ago, before you were even conceived, before your mom and daddy ever knew each other, before they went on their first coke date and flirted, before they got married, before the honeymoon, before your mama got pregnant, the price was paid for your sin. So before you were ever born, your sin was paid for. So past, present, and future, it's all been paid for. And God says, I'll never remember your sins again never 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 what do you spend most of your life doing thinking about when you do wrong you remember but God says I don't remember isn't it interesting when you go to God in prayer oh God I'm such a sinner and he says what are you talking about I don't remember that not good see you remember your mama remembers your school teacher remembers right Your family remembers, right? They all remind you of what you've done. But God says, I I don't remember that. I will never remember their sins again. Listen to the next verse. Then I got to stop. When God speaks of the new covenant, that's what we're in. It means he made the first one obsolete. It's out of date and will disappear. All right, let's talk about obsolete. Do y'all remember cassette tapes? Okay, how many of you are old enough to remember eight-track tapes? Okay, now the big boys told you about them, right? I mean, you've you've heard about them, right? Okay, remember eight-tracks, man? Remember how you used to have to take the gum wrapper and fold it up and put it under the corner of the eight-track so it'd play one song at a time? It wouldn't play two songs at once? I mean, I couldn't hear Magic Carpet riding something else, man. I had to hear just Magic Carpet rides. So I'd put that little piece of paper under there, right? And we'd buy those and install them in our cars. And then... Some knothead would come by in the middle of the night and steal it out of your car. Did you ever have an eight-track stolen out of your car? I must have lived in the ghetto, man. Yeah, right there, Lance, right. Yeah, you, remember, and you'd come out to get ready to go to school, and your eight-track's gone, and the wires are hanging down, and you're like, what the? Right? Jesus' name, right? Yeah, right? All right, then, of course, you remember cassettes? Man, remember what a move that was? Listen, eight-tracks are obsolete. Cassettes are obsolete, Okay, CDs are about to be obsolete. You know, I have this thing I carry around here with me, and it's this little screen, and I can push a button, and music comes out of the air into it. No, it does. It does. It downloads it on there. And, and, and I have music on here, and I can watch, and it comes through the air. I don't know how it does it. It's like, ooh, right? Now, some of you may still have a car with a cassette player. I, I, I do know people that still have those, okay? But it's obsolete, right? Now, you can think of a hundred different things that are obsolete, which means what? Out of date, and we don't use them anymore. The law, the old covenant, the Bible says is obsolete. It's outdated, it's done, and it's finished. So you don't need to go back and try to live in it. You don't need to base your life based on trying to perform and behave and do good so God will love you and will bless you. Because he already loves you and he already blesses you and the blessings already belong to you because of what Jesus has done. I qualify. You qualify. You know what qualified you? Jesus. See, I couldn't be good enough, but Jesus could. He was the perfect man. He lived the perfect life and he was the perfect sacrifice. And all I have to do is just get in on it. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand and let's pray.